It is said that the quadrille was first a military exercise performed by pairs of horsemen before the admiring court. Only later did it migrate to France in the form of a lively dance performed by two couples in squares. The more stately quadrille that came to England was still a few years off when my story begins. Imagine the opening strains playing a sprightly air in celebration of the hunting season in the first year of the new 19th century, deep in the county of Hampshire. My first heroine, the Honourable Miss Clarissa Harlow, smiled to discover with the Morning Post the new edition of Wordsworth's lyrical poems. She looked forward to taking advantage of the last gasp of summery weather by reading in the garden, but before she could excuse herself, the butler entered the ladies' breakfast room with a summons from his lordship for his eldest daughter. Lord Chadwick seldom interfered in the lives of his offspring. Clarissa's stepmother and her half-siblings looked surprised. Everyone exhibited surprise, except Aunt Sophia, who made a business of folding her napkin with enough smugness in her countenance to serve as warning. Clarissa went straight to the library, a room only used for interviews. Her father stood before the fire, a tall, fair-haired, hawk-nosed man, dressed by preference in riding clothes. Not ordinarily given to any pursuits that, as he put it, rattled his brain, he eyed his eldest daughter with brow-wrinkled bafflement. Here, girl, he greeted her. That's a fine gown. Clarissa smiled a little at the spurious compliment and curtsied. Thank you, Papa. You sent for me. Now, girl, Clarissa, you're juiced, ah, very modest, which is what everyone wants in a girl, and you've prodigiously shining parts. To hear herself thus complimented for precisely those intellectual qualities she'd been scolded for by her aunt might have inspired another smile, except Clarissa now suspected she was not going to like the intent of this interview. Shining parts, reading, and the like, Lord Chadwick added, with a vague wave of his riding whip toward the undisturbed books resting on the shelves around them. He eyed his daughter's inquiring expression, harumphed, and took refuge in defence. Your mother was always buried in a book, which is why I let your grandmother, the Duchess, pick your governesses, though monstrous interfering I found it. And as for that sour-faced French one, hey, day, what a fright that woman put me in every time she poked her nose into a room, as if your stepmama couldn't have found a better. Well, what's past is past, and I don't mean to be criticizing her grace. For a moment, an expression akin to fear furrowed his features, as if the redoubtable dowager were listening through the keyhole, and he hastened on. But here I thought it settled that you would make a match with the Wilberfold boy. Good thing on all sides. Doubtless your grandmother thinks so as well, if only we knew, he added somewhat hastily. Ordinarily, Clarissa would have been diverted. She alone of her family was very fond of her awe-inspiring grandmother. But now, with her future at stake, she turned the subject back, asking quietly, Has Lord Wilberfold called on you to that end, Papa? Lord Chadwick took a couple of hasty strides across the room, then paused to kick at a log in the fireplace with the tip of a glossy boot. Yes, with his mamma, yesterday, while you and the girls were at the vicar's, 
made his offer with prodigious punctilio. I said I'd speak to you and send your answer over this afternoon. Did you inform him that I have stated that I have no present wish to marry, Papa? I did. Lady Wilberfold put that down to modesty. Said she likes that in a lady. Wouldn't want anyone at the castle who wasn't bien élevé, and you were the finest young lady in the parish. And there was a lot more on that order. Here, you don't mean to refuse, do you? At Clarissa's nod, he frowned. I can't write that. Devil take it. What a monstrous position to put me in. Papa, Clarissa said softly, when I was small, you promised I should not be made to marry anyone I did not favor. Aye, and so I promised all you girls. He flung his riding whip on a side table and ran his fingers through his thinning blonde locks.